Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin, and with me in the studio, I have Mike Veltra, who is a director and producer. He's half Taiwanese and half Dutch. He was born in Tainan, and then he moved to Holland、uh, just before he turned eight. And、uh, he studied、uh, at Willem de Koning Academy. You. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know it's Dutch. It's hard to pronounce. Right in Rotterdam. Yeah, Rotterdam, Netherlands. Right, and that you've been back in town for ten years. So, hi, Mike. Hi, Shirley. <laughs> yes, good to have you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Looking at you, I would not have figured that you're mixed blood. You oh,、know? really? Yeah, I didn't. What did you think I was? Because you're just more, more, I guess, the Dutch side. <laughs> yeah, I look like my father, but my father has like、uh, green eyes and、uh, blonde hair. So. Oh, okay. But I think my features are more like him, I guess. So, anyway, so I was really <laughs> surprised when I found out from your website that you actually, you know, half Taiwanese and half Dutch. So, and that、mm. actually you were born here in Tainan. Do you remember all that before eight years old? I mean, everything、mm. about Tainan. Do I don't remember everything. What do you、uh, remember the most? I remember I was a very、uh, naughty kid.、Uh, I got spanked often. <laughs> really? And、uh, I, yeah, there are some certain memories I still remember because、uh, back then there weren't a lot of mixed kids, right? Yeah. So, so during that time, and、uh, so whenever my grandmother or、uh, my mother or family would take me to the market. You know, I'd always, you know, all the aunties at the market would think, "Oh, how could I? Oh, so cute, right?" right. <laughs> and then they would like give me like a ganza,、uh, oh, uh, give you some candy, snacks, snacks, and that kind、Aww. of stuff. So, it's it's cool to be、yeah. a mixed kid in Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, before we go on and talking、mm-hmm. about your life, let's start off with that story that has made an impact on you. This year has been the most life changing year for me so far, and it's not over yet. <laughs> And、uh, I think、uh, last year I was still working for a sports marketing company here in Taiwan, and I decided to move on at the end of last year. So the entire month of January, I was back home in Rotterdam because I felt like I haven't seen my father for a long time, and I should spend some time with the old man. So I went back、uh, for a little bit over a month. You know, everything was nice. It was nice to be home. You know, during winter time. You know, seeing the snow on the trees. You know the. The low sun over the frozen ice lake, you know, those kind of、uh, images, you know, it was really nice, and especially the moments where I was just sitting there at the window with a nice view, having a cup of coffee with my father, because my father was a Alzheimer patient、uh, with diabetes, so most of the stuff about his life he forgot, or sometimes he's even here and he doesn't know. But、uh, when we were sitting there, he would have moments and memories that just suddenly come out of nowhere, you know, where he was talking about his life, talking about his past, talking about decisions that he made, you know. And during those small windows, I could also ask him questions, and he told me a lot about his travels, how he ended up here in Taiwan, you know,、uh, his personal life, work, business, all that. So that was really beautiful. After that, I came back to Taiwan. So I started、uh, a new business with a partner of mine, Tony, at Guofu Jinengguan. The Sun Yat-sen Memorial yeah, Hall. Yeah, Sun Yat-sen Memorial Hall there, and that was really nice. And then suddenly,、uh, a month in, we built the whole thing by hand. Me and Andrew, you know, all the tables, the bar, I built by hand. So with a friend of mine. It's an office. Uh, no, it's a it's a cafe, cafe. with a studio at the basement. Oh,、yeah. nice! It's called Pop Up Cafe. It's really nice. After about a month, we finished building it. My mom and my dad came back to Taiwan to. 
participate in a wedding for my brother. And during that、uh, wedding, my father was able to met almost all his old business partners here in Taiwan. You know, all the all the guys from the factories that he used to work with. You know, they all participated in the wedding, and he met everybody. You know, and that night he went home and he passed away. That was a really、uh, weird time for me. It makes you think about where you are right now and what you want to do. It makes you question everything that you're doing. Let, let me bring it like that. And at the same time, I also started working for a startup. I had my own business, and then I、uh, I met my wife. You know, and、um, yeah, it was really weird. So、um, he passed away, and a month after, suddenly I heard I'm becoming a father. Oh, you know, so it was almost all. The, yeah, thank you. And it was all about the same time. And then an,、uh, another month after that,、uh, I heard that my mother. Had ovarian cancer,、mm-hmm. and then you know it, everything just happened at the same time. You know, so within a, a limit of four months, you know, life happened to me. At least that's what I thought. And, and I think when a person is under so many different situations that you can't handle, you start to reconsider life. Pretty much what I did in the last month, I quit everything. You know, I quit my job at the startup. I told my partner Tony, "Hey, listen, so." I'm gonna step back for a little bit, so you guys handle it. I just want to focus on the things that makes me happy. And luckily, my wife,、uh, she was also like, "Yeah, please do it, <laughs> right? You、yeah. know, I'll support you. We'll figure it out, right?" So that's why I say this year hasn't even started yet. If I can even say this, it feels such an honor to interview at this point in your life. I'm literally <laughs> on the crossroads right now. <laughs> that's just one amazing story.、Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, hard to continue、That's, on that, I right? Know. <laughs> <laughs> I have the exact same feeling, you know. So、uh, I, I must admit, though. So this month, after all that happened, you know, I think、uh, the the most important thing to do when you're feeling overwhelmed with life is to just step back. You know, and that's what I did this month. So now that I stepped back from everything, I have a little bit of clarity. You know, I have a little bit of clarity of what I want, what I really want, and what I need to do to get there. So what do you want? In retrospect, like almost every time that I had to make an important decision in my life, it was always about I need to make money to survive. You know, I need to, I need to have a job. You know, uh, with uh, healthcare, with、uh, you know that I can pay the rent and I can do this and that. You know, you know, I want to say that's a very Taiwanese mentality. <laughs> exactly, and, and that's also what I realized. You know,、um, children are almost always the exact the mirror. Of the parents, those are one of the epiphanies that I had during this period. Is that children are direct representatives of the personality, of the decisions, of everything of the parents. You know,、uh, especially because I'm becoming a father myself. Right. You know, so suddenly you start thinking about this stuff. Suddenly you start thinking about, you know, what kind of father do I want to be? Right. So yeah, with this realization came also a lot of other stuff. For example, instead of being very negative towards a lot of things, even I do sometimes. I think life doesn't happen to us; it happens for us. You just look at life very differently. I don't know what else to add to that because you won't really know until you go through a lot of stuff, until you reach a point where you're uncertain about what your next step is. After you step back, you look at everything, and then suddenly you realize what it is that you do want to do. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. At what age do you know that you wanted to go into fine arts? Was it an influence from your dad? But your dad、no. was a businessman. No, my family are all business people. 
<laughs> oh, and yeah. that may be why you want to be totally different from what your family is into. No, not even. <laughs> I think that decision was never about them. For me, I remember the first class that I went to at art school because I I wasn't sure myself. I'll be honest. I just knew I needed to do something, and I enjoyed painting because I, I met、uh, Jan Vessendorp, a very great artist from Holland. He's he's an Indonesian artist. And his work is amazing. So、uh, I met Jan, and he let me go to his、uh, studio to paint, to make stuff, etc., etc. And he was just really nice to me, and、uh, you know, listening to me and talking with me, etc., etc. That moment made me realize that when I was making art, when I was painting, when I was making stuff, I sort of visualize myself, my inner thoughts, ideas. Um, doesn't matter if it's、uh, subconsciously or consciously, but yeah, art was more like a psychology thing to me. And、uh, during the very first class in school, it was with、uh, Renee Turner, my teacher, also a great artist, by the way. And she asked a question like, "How do you see yourself over ten years?" You know, all the classmates were sitting there, and I sat next to her, and she went the other way around. So I could hear like all my other classmates before it was my turn, and almost everybody that was sitting there was talking about like, "Yeah, I'm gonna sell my art. I'm gonna have a house. I'm gonna have a car. I'm gonna have a family." Or it was all in that area, you know. So it was all about the successes of being an artist. And when it came to me, I was like, "I don't know. I'll probably just look for a job somewhere." <laughs> and be- Because that's when I realized that I I do not make art to, to be famous or to be, you know, or to be、uh, rich or to be something like that. For me, art is always just like a, a more like a psychological、uh, tool. You know, when I'm in distress, when I'm confused, when I'm feeling sad, you know, I just do it so that I can get a better understanding of myself. You、oh,、know. that's when you start drawing something or painting. Yeah, yeah. You're saying、oh, okay. So because after you finish doing something, you you look at it, you know, and you you start wondering like, okay, why did I do it like that? <laughs> you know, you start you start dissecting the the piece that you made in. And that period in art school for me was like more of a psychological, spiritual, or whatever you want to call it, way to understand myself better.、Uh-huh. So, so to me, art has always been about that. It's、mm. not really about、uh, money, fame, you know, none of that. It's really about、uh, an opportunity to get to know yourself better. So, when did you start thinking about making films?、Uh, also during art school. So I started out as more a traditional、uh, artist, you know, painting. I love Japanese wood printing, so I did more in printing and traditional art and that kind of stuff. Around my third year, I believe, I started to experiment with photography. You have to remember, like back then, digital just came out. You know,、uh, I remember my very first camera was the Canon 30D, and it was like four megapixels, and you were like, "Wow, <laughs> that's amazing!" <laughs> that was my first digital camera. But、uh, back then, we were still working with film. So at school, we had the Hasselblads, we had the Pentax, and all the medium format films. And、uh, it was art school, so if I wanted models, I would just walk up to the cafeteria and say, "Hey,、uh, you want to be my model? Okay,、uh, go do stuff. You experiment with it." And I had to go into the black room, develop my own film. We even had like a machine that you could develop color film yourself,、mm. and that, which was really fun. So that's how it started. Actually, I started out as a photographer and、uh, a studio photographer, and、uh, so experimenting with that more. And then I was playing around with film 
because uh, back then there was a lot of media art was starting to become more and more popular. And I really liked that myself as well. So that's where it started. I started out as a media artist, actually. I was experimenting with uh, sound, with film, with that kind of stuff and editing stuff. It just slowly developed from there. And then my projects slowly became more and more like short films instead of like art right <laughs> you know it started incorporating stories starting incorporating people you know, characters and all kind of stuff and it just started from there and they were all stories that you wrote yeah yeah instead of taking somebody else's story right yeah, yeah. wow so you were already doing short films before you came to Taiwan 10 years ago. Yeah. Back then, uh, you also had MTV. MTV was still showing music videos yes. <laughs> instead of doing shows. But uh, MTV, that period, was also doing a lot of shows. And I wanted to do something that was not that, you know, that was more real. So I designed this uh, show called Scratchlick TV. Uh, we started during the Rotterdam Electronic Music Festival in 2009, 2008, something you like that. You mean you started that? Uh, yeah, so I, I created my first online show back then. The concept was simple because back then I wanted to do something by musicians for musicians because I used to be a musician myself. Yeah, God, so a lot of things. I did a lot in uh, the Dutch underground techno scene. A lot of friends who are great, famous DJs now, you know. But back then uh, we were doing parties at uh, Of Corso, uh, etc. Yeah, a lot. Uh, so yeah, I wanted to make a show by musicians for musicians. So when I was interviewing all those artists, when I was filming all the shots for the entire show, you know, we even had a segment in there about teaching you how to DJ and with vinyl, not with CDJs, right? And um, oh, nice. so, but uh, we talked about how they became musicians, you know, what was the moment that gave them the inspiration to, to start out? You know, when did they realize that they can make it as a musician? It was more about that kind of stuff than about what car did you drive? What house do you live in? You know, oh, where did you buy that diamond ring? You know, it was just a whole different thing. And it was pretty successful. I mean, for back then, at least. Back then, YouTube, I remember, was still at like uh, 30 MBs a second or something. The, the bit rates were like super low. Yeah, you thought it was amazing. Next week, Mike Valstra will be talking more about his short films, which might be a little different from the kind of short films that most people make. For In the Spotlight, I'm Shirley Lin. Thank you.